Oh, the red wave. Yeah, well, we felt it. I mean, you didn't feel it. I felt it. I mean, the red wave came crashing down. Oh, that's right. Some of you still live in these repressive, oppressive places. Or the overreachers. Or, well, hate to say it, put back in power. Good luck and welcome to the Eric Deem Show. You're listening to The Deem's List, our weekly wrap-up of what has happened in this last week. And boy, have things happened. You know, I live here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we felt the red wave here. We have sent Republicans to the state house that have ensured that there would be a red wave. Folks, uh, don't hate the players. Hate the game. That's just how it works. That's how it works. My home state of Ohio also representing, sending some great Republicans all the way up and down the board. Uh, very excited to see what's happening there. Now, some of you are out there in in the places that uh, were were most guilty of the lockdowns, the most egregious overreaches by government, and um, well, it's a it's a it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, I just don't know what else to say about it. We're going to dive in deeper, um, and I look forward to getting your thoughts as the program unfolds. I, I'm here. What am I? I've got this. I've got this new coffee. This uh, Mr. Coffee. Coffee. I'm afraid I'm going to burn down Mission Control here. I'm trying to get the coffee. You got? How can you do a podcast episode without a cup of coffee, right? And so, and you don't want. To, I get to talking, and then the coffee gets cold. So we're trying to prevent that from happening. So I've got this this thing that is outlawed and banned at every college campus. And most office buildings, an exposed warmer for the coffee cup. Um, but it's not banned here. No siree. So, uh, boy, the red wave across the country. Let's address the uh, elephant in the room, uh, dare I say. Uh, on this episode, we're going to go through, you know, kind of my thoughts on the week. We're going to talk about how the red wave was not as prominent as predicted and why I think that's the case. I think it has to do with dynamic shifts in the electorate. We'll talk about that. Also, candidate quality matters. Also, GOP voters not fully aligned with Trump. We'll talk about that, and I'd love your input. Also, no matter what happened, your side is going to comfort you and help you believe that you're right. Fetterman breaks the glass ceiling in Pennsylvania. Hyper-politicized society has infected everything, and voting with your feet. So let's dive right in. So I want to talk first about the shifts in the electorate, and I want to read for you uh, something that Eric Erickson, you all who have been a, a listener of this show since the early days, know that because his name's Eric, uh, he does spell it wrong, but that's okay. I still like him. Um, you know, you, you spell uh, Eric just like you spell America, right there in the middle, E-R-I-C. Uh, for some reason, he's decided to add a K, um, and that's just a little too Soviet for me. But um, anyway, I, I do like his analysis. I do like that he's his own man, and I like what he has said on this. So I want to just mention what he brings up. He talks about this idea of the United States balkanizing, and I... I mean, I can sit over here and, and talk to you about what I think this means, and we'll get to there. But I want to first read you 
uh, what he sent out in his email via Substack. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe. We'll put it in the show notes. And of course, uh, you see, JB is not sitting here, so I have not told you how to get a hold of me. Chief at ericdeemshow.com. I am the chief of this show, and you can find me on the socials at Eric Deem Show. Okay, JB, I've handled it. So here's what Eric Erickson sent out um, shortly after the election. Uh, quote, this is the United States balkanizing. Our United States seem more and more like a forced coalition of people who do not like each other. Working class neighborhoods of non-white voters shifted a bit to the right. White, rich neighborhoods that had long propped up the GOP shifted hard left. In Republican states, the GOP did well. In Democrat states, the Democrats fared well. Republicans helped the Democrats in Maryland get the governor's mansion. Democrats in Florida and Georgia voted for DeSantis and Kemp. This election is our nation fracturing before our eyes, where both sides are increasingly unwilling to live with each other. And the nation, being so closely divided, is reflected in our congressional vote. He goes on. Yugoslavia was a country of countries forced together. Over years, that nation, forced together with the force of dictatorship, began to break apart into small nations that went to war with each other over, uh, for freedom. That concept of these small Balkan region nations splintering from Yugoslavia is what's happening in this nation, though hopefully not without a, but hopefully without a war. He wraps up that Segment, Americans simply do not like other Americans and have lost the ability to get along with one another at a regional level. And I think that is so true and so sad. As you've heard me talk, I grew up in the Midwest, in southeastern Ohio. I, I say pejoratively it's the land of opioid abuse and unemployment. And folks who have read Dreamland or uh, Senator-elect J.D. Vance's uh, book, Hillbilly Elegy, understand this. this, this area, this Appalachian, this plight of the white working class. I grew up in a, in a union town, a, a blue-collar area, union members who are now staunch Republican voters. You know, I grew up in a time, though, where, you know, we, we didn't label people based on their politics. We labeled you... A man, a woman. Of course, now we can't even do that. And to the point of men and women, I, I want to read you a stat that uh, somebody sent me, and I appreciate that. You can always send it on the uh, socials. We, we sometimes read some of your ridiculous points, but that's okay. Thanks for giving us um, something to work with in show prep. Married men went Republican by 20 points. Married women went Republican by 14 points. Unmarried men went Republican by seven points, and unmarried women went Democrat by 37 points. Do you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening to the fracturing of our society? A society that now purports that, uh, that marriage is not good, that marriage is a giving up of your freedom. I love what Jordan Peterson is doing right now, talking about the strength of marriage and the need for marriage. You know, there's an important piece of growing up. And, you know, in the West, we don't really do this transition very well. Yeah, in wealthier areas, we have these shows put on by mothers who wish they were still living vicariously through their daughters. 
Um, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this, this period of time where you actually grow up and become an adult. What we have done is we have ridiculed men for so long. And, and look what's happening. We've ridiculed men for so long for being strong, for, for being the pillar of families, for being the pillar of our society. And that's exactly what men are. And we've told women that in order to be successful and in order to be deemed worthy, you have to be more like a man, which is ridiculous. Women have superpowers. Women can create a human being, not without a man, of course, but they do it on a whole nother level. They have the ability to nurture and have instinct and intuition that men only dream of. Uh, I don't want to get sidetracked. Uh, of course, this is uh, the Deem's List, where we're supposed to go through the list of anything I deem important, nothing else. Uh, by the way, a pet peeve, pet peeve of the week, uh, coming to you right now, here on 11.11. Hope you all have made your wish. Um, my biggest pet peeve is the arrogance of people who have forgotten their own start. You all know these people who are looking down their nose at you, starting out, and you may even be further along than they were when they got their start. And just the lack of humility and the lack of grace and the arrogance of acting like they were perched there from God from the very beginning. Yeah, that's my pet peeve of the week. But anyway, back to this. We have this real divide, and, and I've said it here before, it's the, the big cities versus the rest of us, and you see that. You, you see marriage rates higher in places that are not the big cities. You see the big cities skewing far left um, these days. And, of course, if you ask them, they'll tell you they're smarter than all of us. But you look at the happiness ratio, and folks in the rural communities have a higher level of happiness. Folks who are married in monogamous relationships are happier and live longer. These are This is the data, folks. Well, you, you're going to ignore the data? You're going to ignore the science when you don't agree with it? Well, of course they will. Uh, that's their MO these days. So we've got this real problem where the institutions of America, the institutions of our society, the institutions of our hometowns are under attack. We're seeing it play out in our votes. We're seeing it play out, and it's not good. Other Western nations haven't done this, by the way. You, you go to Western Europe, politics pretty much stays in politics. And uh, here in America, we've allowed it to take over everything. And I think you can certainly look to how the moral majority in that era of, of the Republican Party marrying itself to uh, the religious folks have played a certain role in that especially in the culture wars here in America. I don't think it's a good thing necessarily. Um, I think it's another part of the problem. I think the other thing, and, and I've talked to you about this before, well, politicians aren't getting to know one another anymore. You know, when I was on the Hill in D.C. working for a, a U.S. senator, I had the pleasure of sitting in uh, on the conversation with um, David Brooks, uh, who's a New York, New York Times columnist. I know some of you have now just turned off because you can't handle it. But uh, that's okay. You'll come back. I believe it. Anyway, he said the problem with Washington, again, this is a, this is, what is it? Uh, this is over a decade ago. Um, he said the, the problem with um, Washington is the increase in airline ticket sales and the decrease in the sale of booze. And he went on to explain that, that the politicians aren't moving their families to D.C. anymore. 
And because they're not moving their families to D.C., uh, they're on the first flight after a vote on Thursday, right? And, and this is true. Every member, for the most part, has three or four flights on hold every Thursday afternoon, unless they're flying at government expense on a military aircraft like Nancy Pelosi, um, or they're flying with a lobbyist or somebody else out of Dulles, flying on a private jet. Most of them are flying commercially out of Reagan, and... It just depends on when the, the last vote is going to be called, and then they're on their first flight out. So they're not staying for the weekends. They're not moving their families there. Families aren't getting to know one another. They're not going to school together like they did, boy, not too long ago. So families aren't getting to know one another, and members aren't getting drunk with one another uh, was uh, his point. Um, they're not getting vulnerable by being able to have deep conversations late into the night um, at the Senate bar, so to speak. Uh, which is a thing, by the way, uh, a members-only um, cocktail hour. It's just not happening anymore. Instead, uh, you could say that it's the, the, the perpetual fundraising that has to happen, especially for the members of the House. It has just it shifted the priority from serving your people, all of your people, to um, preservation. Similarly, uh, social media has come in and, and played its... Uh, havoc on, on society, allowing people to go into their own circles and go back. And you probably saw this uh, update this week. Um, Facebook has let 11,000 people go. I guess they don't need their fact checkers anymore. Um, Elon Musk, now that he's running Twitter, has let um, more than half of folks go. Maybe there's a cleanup happening in, in the social media space. I doubt it. I think the damage has already been done. We've got to rise above that and be Americans first and then wear the, the, the colors of uh, whatever team you're on. But really, the analogy should be we're all on the same team. Well, you saw Fetterman breaks the, uh, breaks the glass ceiling in Pennsylvania for brain damage candidates. You can now get elected to the Senate. And I know some of you right now are saying, Deems, what are you talking about? We already have brain damaged people in the Senate. And you're probably right. But what I think this may actually be is a rejection of the celebrity politician. Um, Dr. Oz probably would have been a great senator, or maybe not great, but he would have been good enough um, as a New Jersey transplant to Pennsylvania. You know, and look, I want Republicans to win, and I want Republicans to control the Senate. But we also need to put up the right kind of candidates. As I said earlier, candidate quality matters. And you saw this throughout the state. Whenever you see uh, House seats that go for the Democrat, and you wonder how in the world did that happen with everything that's happening in America, with um, just the COVID response and the backlash from that, with gas prices and inflation and where we are in a, as a, in a recessionary time, how can that happen? Well, the Republicans put up weak candidates. Even Trump-endorsed candidates. And I think Trump has hurt himself. I mean, even this past week when he used uh, Ron DeSanctimonious, I thought that was a low blow and completely unnecessary and a violation of the 11th commandment, uh, which is thou shalt not speak ill against a fellow Republican. He broke the rule. Of course, we expect that, right? He's, he doesn't play by rules. Um, I know, don't, don't send me the notes. You're going to send them. I can already feel them coming into the inbox. 
Um, you all know where I stood on Donald Trump uh, at, when he announced his candidacy, when he was president, how much we enjoyed um, uh, his administration and what he accomplished. But I also think the time has changed, and people are tired of that kind of bullying rhetoric. It was entertaining early on, um, but we're kind of over it. In fact, we are over it, and I think that the electorate has proven that. Those of you who still think that there is election meddling, um, listen, there's fraud in every election, I'm sure. Every single one of them. I don't think it's enough to change the outcome. But I think the solution here is pretty simple. You've heard me talk about it before. If Canada can do it, we can do it. Paper ballots in secure locations on one day. It's a federal holiday. No more mail-in ballots unless you're in the military or your job or work requires you to not be there. But look, our government has admitted to what we've done with election voting machine, electronic voting machines in other countries. And I'm not going to talk about Brazil on this episode. But because of that, I think that's, a, that's reason enough for us to have paper ballots and, and just safe, effective, secure elections. But anyway, back to rejecting the celebrities. The problem I think we've run into in the last decade or two is the celebritization of our lawmakers. It's not good. These are not kings. These are employees or queens. These are employees that we employ. And we place them on pedestals that we really shouldn't. And, and celebrities see it as a, the next thing to accomplish, the next box to check. And that's not good either. So candidate quality is where we need to start spending our time. Local elections, Republicans have done really well across the country, especially here in Tennessee. Again, a red wave felt here. It was beautiful. I got to spend some time with... Um, both Governor Lee on election night and Mark Green, uh, congressman for the 7th District here in uh, Middle Tennessee. And um, a couple of things stood out for me. One was uh, hearing Bill Lee address the crowd and say, you know, he was on the campaign trail and and got to meet with um, a family from New York that relocated to East Tennessee uh, within the last few months. And when they met him, they said, Governor, just wanted to thank you uh, leaving upstate New York and moving to Tennessee, it felt like we moved back to America. And I think you're really going to see that. You're going to start to see this, this idea of federalism, this idea of voting with your feet. And I think this is what our founders had in mind, all of these incubators of democracy. And Tennessee is going to be different than Kansas. Kansas is going to be different than New York. It's going to be different than Illinois, than Florida, than Texas, than California. And that is okay. I just feel sorry for those who can't get out of New York that want to. I feel sorry for those who want to get out of California but can't. But what a motivator, right? A motivator to be able to come to these safe havens for freedom for freedom and personal responsibility, for limited government. Tennessee is the least taxed state in the union. What a beautiful thing to say. So hopefully we're rejecting celebrities. Not completely. But hopefully that's not the qualifier for election, for getting elected anymore. And, uh, you know, America, we love our screens. We love to scroll and we love to watch. And we love to sit in front of televisions and, and, and the programming. Well, think about that. It's called programming for a reason. I've talked about it before.
Stop allowing yourself to be programmed for who is the influential person in your life. You need to be the influence in your life. You need to take that up. Go read. Read a book. Put down the screen. So in closing this week, this weekly wrap-up of Election Day, Election Week, some places are still voting. Maricopa County still can't figure out how to count votes. All the more reason to get rid of the machines and go to paper ballots. It can be done. Make it a federal holiday. It can be done. The red wave wasn't as prominent as some had predicted, but I believe it's a sign of big dynamic shifts in our electorate, in our electorate, both for D's and R's. The Democrats are having shifts. Hispanics are moving to the Republican Party faster than they would have even dreamed. Republicans, especially the white wealthy Republicans that used to be guaranteed Republican votes, no, they're shifting to these woke leftist nut jobs. We're going to see how this plays out. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it at all. Um, I think with more exposure, more transparency, competition's a good thing. The best ideas will come to the top. And we're going to have to deal with making sure we have quality candidates running, especially between now and 24. This is a time for our SECs and the other state party organizations to really rally together and not let the tail wag the dog, but have some leadership. And also realize that the GOP voter is not fully aligned with Donald Trump. In fact, I think we could say they want Ron, not Don. What say you? Chief at ericdeemshow.com. Reach out on the socials, would you? At Eric Deem Show.